It's time for the Plant Doctor segment on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got Steve McGrain, who's a horticulturalist as well as an agriculturist. How are you today, Steve? Oh, I'm just fantastic, actually. What about yourself? Oh, good, thanks. And we're continuing this two-part segment about slime molds. Last week, we described what they were. And uh, here's a bit of a recap from Steve. Uh, most of the time, the slime moulds, they're actually out in the open. Even on your grass, they grow on grass. But I've noticed that they'll grow on old timber and the like. And a lot of people look at them and they've probably seen them before but wondered, what the hell is that? They're usually brightly coloured. They look a bit like, uh, I suppose, they're not a shape like a mushroom. They look as though they should be a mushroom, but but in fact, they're not. And... Uh, they are often in brilliant colours from reds and very, very vivid greens as well and even purples. And they're smallish, you know, no, usually no bigger than a 20-cent piece in terms – and they're a group of these little things together. And they're called slime moulds. And they're very often in the garden and they actually do us a lot of good. Typically, if you want them to be in your garden – and this is a good rule of thumb for fungi as well because they're so useful to us in, in the plant world – we – have, need to do, try not to disturb our gardens as much. Back to the mould thing, there, is there one that affects trees or plants uh, in a bad way? Sadly, there are a few, but there's one. Uh, now, this is another thing which is really interesting because you, you've you've asked a question which uh, a mould, most people won't know this one I'm going to mention, which is Phryotophora. As a mould, we're often told that that's a fungi yeah. Um or we're referred to it often as a root rot, and in which case we assume there it is for also a fungi. But Phytophthora, and the most common one in this part of the world is Phytophthora cinnamoniae, um, and it's very, very, very common. It goes in, and it's known as a water mould, and the reason for that, Acetomites, which is the group it belongs to, are actually moulds that can only move in water columns. Now, they do produce spores, but typically they'll move when the wet, when the area is wet and there's a water column which they can move through. Now, in Tasmania about 20 years ago and in Sydney uh, Botanic Gardens and also in other areas of the south coast of Australia, we had an epidemic of the Phrytophthora knocking out a lot of native forests. Now, the, the Phrytophthora is actually a native um, a mould, water mould, so... It's not been introduced in this case. However, once, like most things, when they get out of hand, they can create havoc. And these moulds are incredibly resistant to a lot of chemicals, and that's one of their um, enduring factors which makes them very hard to manage. And they've also got an amazing ability to, if it gets, while it's wet, they will happily reproduce and then get their way into the plant, actually into the roots of the plant, and then they will smother the roots uh, inside the roots. They will actually stop the plant from taking up water by expanding. However, when it goes dry, they will disappear for a while. But they're not actually disappearing. They're just suspending their growth. And then they'll wait for it to get wet again and they'll start off again. So unlike a lot of fungi, etc., which are very uh, susceptible to dying simply from being disturbed, these guys don't do that. And that works against us as gardeners. 
Uh, yes, that's true. The bot botanic gardens that you mentioned, uh, they have cordoned off a lot of areas under which um, the tree might be suffering from Phytophthora. And because after all, if you walk on that ground, that soil, you're traipsing it around to another location in the gardens. So that's how you can traipse it back all the way home in a way. So Yeah, you are so right. And that, that is one of the important factors. And we'll talk about how we avoid it if possible because that is so true. You only need a few of these spores to be brought into your own garden, either by bringing in soil. So that's what the point about this is. It's really, really difficult to actually avoid it. And you've brought up a, a wonderful um, point there about how they actually combated this disease in these uh, scenarios was they cordoned the areas off. They used physical drainage and physical barriers to stop the water columns delivering the uh, phryotophora, these water moulds, uh, to the roots of the plant. And, and similarly, you can do a, a, a sort of an, a, a, um, a proximity of that in your own garden as well. I think that's probably the best best way. Uh, is it also possible to combat these moulds by um, applying compost, or does that make that worse? No, you again uh, way ahead of me on this one. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Um, and look, Phryotophora is known to kill um, plants, especially things like rhododendrons, and the one which we always hear about is uh, avocados. Um, and one of the ways of combating that is people talk about drainage. Yes, that's true, physical drainage, and that's some of the things that they did do in the Botanic Gardens when they put drainage ag pipe to steer the water around away from the roots so that the water columns wouldn't carry the phryotophora spores. But you can also add compost. If you add compost to your soil, you bring in antagonistic uh, fungis and other moulds, which will then compete against these Phryotophora cinnamonii uh, moulds and beat them off. Rather than actually getting rid of them altogether, they will combat them and reduce their prevalence, in which case um, reduce the, the incidence of uh, the disease occurring. So good quality compost, and I've got to say there's a big difference between compost and good quality compost. That's compost which is... Inert, it is not uh, in any way highly uh, anaerobic, which is usually what happens with our compost. It has to be aerobic and to allow the microbes to do their job and get in there and knock off these um, nasty little phytophoras. And I guess one last thing is that we can suggest to home gardeners is to use, it's a drench, I think it's mm. more a spray, that contains phosphacid. Yes, phosphatic acid is um, the known, the only known uh, ways of combating it. However, I must say again that it is not a cure because it only suppresses the uh, phryotophora spores. It doesn't actually kill them off, and it means you need to do it regularly. The first thing I suppose would be the area is we have to actually be able to identify it, and a lot of that usually relates to the way our plants will look. Um, tomatoes suffer from this as well. A lot of people, I've seen their tomatoes and they think it's some other fusarium rot or other disease, but in fact, it's Phryotophora. Phryotophora will look a bit like basal rot, 
like it's a calcium deficiency when in fact it is actually phytophthora because the difference will be it will get onto your leaves and the leaves will start to turn black at, around the edges as well. So sometimes a difficult disease to actually identify, but you can put phosphoric acid on it and that is one way of dealing with it. There are a number of products you can buy out there. But if you've got a, a substantial tree, mature tree, you actually need to inject it into the tree for the tree to actually take it up uh, and uh, translocate it to the areas uh, where it will then combat the disease. Yes, and one of the main symptoms of uh, phytophthora in trees is dieback, but random, like random branches here and there, not like a like a poisoning or anything like that. So Quite correct. Mm. Yes, and that's right. And the other interesting aspect of it, and this is one which um, I'll just say that most people get it wrong, is their tree starts to wilt, and that is a sign that the phryotophora has moved up into the uh, the, the xylem uh, vessels within the plant itself and is now expanding, stopping the moisture and the nutrients travelling up through the plant so the plant will begin to wilt through lack of water. So what do people do in that scenario? They think the plant is actually not getting enough water. They water it more, and what that does is powers the phryotophora even more. What you need to actually do is to back off from that and apply the phosphoric acid, stop watering it, and actually let that, because when you do, you'll notice the, the, the turgidity in the tree. In other words, it will start to become erect again. And uh, when it does, when there's enough moisture, of course, unfortunately, the phytophthora will continue. We need to apply that phosphoric acid in that period. Right. Well, there we have it. That slime moulds, good and bad. Uh, once again, Steve, it's been great chatting with you on Real World Gardener. They're always fun. Mm-hmm.